0: Welcome to the Catholic Nerds Podcast, your primal source for quality Catholic nerdery. <laughs> this is Scott. Primal. <laughs> Colby told me to change the word each time, so doing this on the fly.
1: It works. Primal flies, animals. Uh, I'm Colby.
2: I am Primal Cody.
0: <laughs> you can't get much more primal.
3: <laughs> I'm Mary and i'm and, here
1: and we are the catholic nerds
3: <laughs> we are.
0: most sometimes excellent. so um uh, mary uh before we started before we hit the record button uh mary was telling us about a review she had read a catholic review of a not so catholic book
3: uh yeah so so in in fairness i have not read the original book i've just read this review of the book but i thought it was really good um so the name of the book is Girl, Wash Your Face. And I have heard a lot about, like I've seen a lot of references to that book on, um, on social media and such. Uh, and basically the, the Catholic review, I think it, the, the title of the review was Girl, Check Yourself, um, aimed at the author of, of Girl, Wash Your Face. <laughs> and basically the, the book is a, a self-help book um, all about um, basically pursuing your dreams and your your goals for basically kind of coming to honestly say what your big dreams are. I think like even like including like being the next Beyonce and stuff apparently is actually talked about as like, like a legitimate life goal to have. So the um,
0: subtitle, I'm just looking it up. Stop believing the lies about who you are so you can become who you were meant to be.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, who you were meant to be. I am meant yeah. to
0: be the next Beyonce. I just
2: want everyone to know that. <laughs>
0: we were when all did. meant to be. I the
2: am
1: the next always Beyonce. Beyonce.
3: <laughs> yes. And um and that the author I now I don't know if the author within the context of the book. I think so, though, based on stuff the review said that she she's a Christian, she's the daughter of a Pentecostal pastor. So I think the book presents itself as as somewhat Christian, although I think it's kind of like I don't know oprah christianity kind of thing yeah. um
0: so i'm just uh in reading the blurb she this is rachel hollis and she's the founder of the lifestyle website the chick site the dot com.
3: okay
1: cool cool
3: um and so basically the reviewer had several um significant concerns about the book um one of them being that she felt that the author of the book is very mean to overweight people. Um, that she's like she basically saying, like, you can't trust overweight people because what? they don't have any self control. Yeah. Wow. That, <laughs> they're <laughs> not to be trusted. True, though.
2: I am overweight and I don't have self control. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the, I guess it's not to be said for all people that are overweight. Just to me, boy, wait, wait. The, for the book
3: is the book is for women,
1: You're, Cody. Not you. Don't worry. about it
3: wow, my that's bad. Right. It's only overweight women <laughs> yes. who are not to be trusted.
1: Boy, um, I figure pits. I don't have a lot of input boy here. So. <laughs> you uh, can, the the you guys can. version be boy wash your pits. How about that? Oh, my oh God. gross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my wife so, yeah. doesn't believe that that word exists, Ar- armpits pits. that word does not exist it's- what? because <laughs> well, it's-, it's two words <laughs> yeah. that maybe hyphenated. One. it's like a marriage it's-, hyphenated. It's-, it's underarms, the word armpits does not exist
3: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the
2: arm and the pit, the two become one flesh <laughs>
0: pits are inside peaches
3: <laughs> interesting, I did not know or, that there were people out there objecting or giant to- <laughs> holes
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: yeah mm-hmm. anyways mm-hmm. so so um so basically talking about that that she feels she she's like this may be a wound of mine you know <laughs> she's like that I, I'm not particularly skinny but that it just seems like this is kind of you know like kind of the opposite of like that that sort of that on the one hand you have people who are like no body shame whatsoever be, it doesn't matter what size you are you're perfect and beautiful kind of ignoring the fact that no like like there is a health aspect to to being overweight that you know that it's not as healthy or or as good for you. So she hasn't lighter weight.
0: She hasn't gotten attacked for body shaping? I don't
3: know. I don't know. Because that seems
0: like swift and immediate.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you would have thought justice would have been (laughs) delivered swiftly. (laughs) Like Greenpeace
0: knocks on your door and takes you out. (laughs) Right, Right. Within within the Christian community though?
1: Have you ever seen that? Oh, I don't know.
3: I mean, I guess you're right that like, like that would have been more. But, but I think this book is very universally popular.
1: Yeah, it's know.
0: not. It's definitely not a relegated to the Christian community sort of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, she said that also. She plays really. How did she put it? Like, like free and fast with scripture. Um, uh, that she just that she's very good at like taking a scripture passage and kind of using it how she would like to use it and and the example sort of like a
0: joel olstein approach
3: yeah yeah <laughs> uh which i mean the whole book kind of sounds like a bit of a joel olstein oh, no. but but kind of more geared towards women because to an extent women maybe like i i don't want to paint with too broad a strokes but like the to an extent maybe women are more longing for um i don't know like to be seen and known and you know, not that men don't desire that on some level, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like Joel Olstein's more like financial success, right? To an extent. Yeah. God no? will bless mm-hmm. you with Cody's cash. shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, like so <laughs> sow the seed and you will reap tenfold kind of thing. Anyway. Um but yeah, that that it it seemed like there's some concerns there. That for instance, that she quoted the scripture where it says, um, I don't remember what the first half was it was something about like let every man have his wife and let the marriage bed be undefiled and the way she interpreted that was that you can do anything in the marriage bed and it won't defile it
0: oh that's not exactly mm. it no, no, <laughs> right no, not quite right.
3: and she right and she was like i don't know what kind of cognitive dissonance could let a person like interpret <laughs> english words that way um
0: she might have been quoting from the gospel of 40 shades of Grey.
3: <laughs> <laughs> precisely Precisely. So, um, so yeah, so, so that and then also, um, mainly just the fact that that um, the entire bent of the book is crushing your dreams and living sort of your best life, quote unquote, and um, that basically being whatever sort of idea of fame and self fulfillment and, and whatever that you've come up with for yourself at all costs, doing whatever it takes, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, and that she presents Put your all these boot different...
0: on the neck of the man.
3: Right. <laughs> right. And um, basically like this. She they...
0: encourages, entertains, and even kicks a little butt all to convince you to do whatever she it does. takes to get real and become the joyous, confident woman you were meant to be.
3: Precise. Oh wait is, does it actually say that or are you just
0: This podcast brought to you by girl Wash Your Face
3: um, well, and apparently every chapter, or I don't know if it's every chapter, but throughout the book, she goes over like lies that we believe about ourselves and that she thought the the reviewer of the book, I should probably find out her name so that I can give her credit. Um, the reviewer of the book thought Mary Rizak, that Mary Rizak, it's a good name. The first one, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the second one's good too. Um, she assumed that at some point that basically it would be here's the lie and here's what god says about you you know but instead it was here's the lie and here's how you overcome that lie by buckling down and being somebody different from you know um and uh she that also the woman the reviewer mary was wondering like how does she like supposedly she's a mother she's a this she's a that and um within the book that that the the author says like people ask how i do it all but honestly i don't um i rely very much on so and so who watches my kids while i'm doing my speaking engagements and tours and 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 daily life basically (laughs) and so the reviewer was like i hope i I don't have kids yet but when i have kids if someone who has a full-time nanny tries to tell me how to live my best life i'm gonna laugh out loud hopefully not in their face but i can't make any promises about that you know so like also the fact that like what the woman is advocating for is basically like certainly not the the cultivation of your family not the the cultivation of your marriage even it doesn't particularly sound like or, or anything like that or or of what god has called you to be or the reviewer specifically says like that she never talks about like taking up your cross and following christ you know but rather, like pursuing your dreams at all costs, no matter. I should. I don't know if she says necessarily no matter the cost to other people. <laughs> yeah, you know, make but certainly make other people bear your. Cross. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
1: no. Okay. So that's a good point, and actually, I guess it's a good segue to a point I want to make, and not to project this onto that book, but the health and wealth gospel, I think, is just taken off more oh, than it ever head. has in, in the ever. Um, if you go to YouTube and type in go to
2: youtube go to
1: youtube type in the millennial missionaries you will find a video that is a parody of this kind of oh, mindset I I, yeah, yeah it was is like, it
0: that group that does a lot of them
1: yeah but it's like yes yeah, this couple they travel the world quote unquote as missionaries Oof. to minister to the scuba instructors in aruba right yeah like they basically <laughs> live these glorified vacation style lives from the support of other people with the guise of mission work. And I didn't
2: know we could do that. I know. I'm kind of rethinking it. Where do we...
1: Where We've do been we doing it wrong this time. whole time. Right. I know. Um, but it's this whole health and wealth gospel of, you know, this, this new quote-unquote like entrepreneurial type spirit where you can develop all these types of income so that you can do what you want to do under the guise of like serving or mission work right. or... Um, and I, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I know a person actually um, that I grew up with, and she has a quote unquote ministry where she sells jewelry. Um, and she does travel to other countries and does very good work, like helping other women, you know, either get employment or like help, you know, develop, you know, these small communities so that they can, you know, work for themselves. But it's like, you know, where is the line of, you know, generating profit in the name of ministry
2: right right
1: you know because we bash you know televangelist for that kind of stuff yeah but it the line becomes a little more gray when you talk about selling a product or you know when you're trying to quote unquote add value and you know help develop people who have you know less resource or whatnot
0: you're kind of between the two extremes the two poles well one pole is pretty good but you've got on one extreme you've got simony right
1: yeah
0: Uh, the selling of church offices gifts um and then on the other side you have paul right who was a tent maker and so wherever he went to if he wasn't you know supported with food and his missionary journeys he could make tents Mm -hmm. and support himself that way
1: um I guess to tie back to the conversation about the book is like this mindset of young people to work as little as possible, but to attain this dream yet still have a life of, you know, quote unquote being Christ centered while totally ignoring the cross, totally ignoring, I guess what we talked about in the last episode of, you know, shaking off this burden of, of life. Um, and just kind of, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, as I've studied entrepreneurship, like, that seems to be a really big thing now. Like, people want to work as little as possible with with the most gain.
2: Right. Well, Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Just
1: real quick, you've
0: got these, you know, like, YouTube stars. It seems to me like there's been a wave of them and maybe an Instagram star. Mm -hmm. Um, There were the YouTubers who, um, and I've got their names, they fell to their deaths at a waterfall in Canada. Oh no. They uh vloggers for High On Life and Extreme Travel Channel, Riker Gamble, Lexi and Megan Scraper, they um you know, would and two of those one they're like boyfriend, girlfriend, one of those uh two of the three, and they uh would video themselves doing extreme um, going to extreme places, doing extreme jumps off cliffs, whatever, and they died doing that. Hmm. Um, like the girl, oh, I th- it, was Canada, I it was in Can. I think it's like um, you know British Columbia. There is this kind of out of the way pool and waterfalls, and she kind of slipped in into the current, and they jumped in after, and they all died. And then you've my got gosh. the um, Instagram girl. She was she was known. She was. I um she was Asian um and she was known for going to extreme places again but always posing in her bikini. So she died That's what I do. Yeah. Well, I mean Cody. that's my dream. Choosing your moment. Reading the room. But she died. She fell off... Uh, she's cli- Oh, she would climb mountains in a bikini. That's what her shtick was. And she fell off a... You know, she slid into an inaccessible portion of a mountain. People knew she was there, but couldn't get to her in time because she wasn't dressed properly. She died of exposure. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, it's just it, this surreal, you know, living untethered right. to all sorts of
2: different things.
0: Right. Literally and i
2: got those people that make money by uh, playing video games and having oh, people watch yeah. them play video
3: games. What are you talking I mean, about being tethered, right? If, if no one was paying for it then right? Like like to an extent like it's kind of like the market's there. Yeah, right. the market's it, there.
0: One of the kinda... new things and even um you know, as we kind of, you know, tour YouTube, you know, sometimes, to, like, when I want to show the kids my favorite 80s cartoons, you know, like Gummy Bears or something like that. Gummy uh, Bears, <laughs> yeah. bouncing, bouncing here and there, and
1: there and everywhere. Oh, my gosh. I have that's me. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: well, you know, we'll stumble across all sorts of crazy things on YouTube, so we have to definitely keep that in check with the kids. But one of the things that Lucy loves is it's adults speaking with, like, child voices, playing with toys. Mm-hmm. And so it's this kind of... Mm. <laughs> I've seen them. Mm. Rose loves that, too. It's kind of it, weird. I mean, you know, how, how more separated can you get from other people... And it's one thing to watch people play video games if you suck at video games like I do. <laughs> Scott's
2: defending his watching <laughs> people play video games.
1: Right now. I'm just going to watch
0: y'all play. I'm just going to watch. <laughs> but at least I'm in the same room. You
1: I'm going to live vicariously. Okay, yes. through.
0: Gotcha.
2: So you're not paying to watch people play video games. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm paying in shame, but you know. <laughs>
1: well, I, I pay for YouTube premium, so I guess I'm, I'm oh, part of that too.
0: So you got to watch Cobra Kai.
1: I have not watched it, no.
0: What is the point of YouTube Premium (sighs) without watching Cobra Kai?
1: (laughs) No
2: ads.
0: (laughs) Oh, there is that, yeah.
2: There was also that Mortal Kombat movie that they did on
0: there. Oh, it had to have been better than the
2: the big screen. Than than Mortal Kombat.
0: The one with David Carradine as Raiden. The only bright and shining moment of that movie.
2: Well, no, you're forgetting about the guy that played uh, Shang Tsung.
3: I think we need, like, a buzzer to hit, like, when pe- things get too nerdy. <laughs>
1: or a podcast to record. Or, <laughs> or off, off topic. Nope, get topic. back.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was our topic? Oh, yeah, girl, wash your face.
1: Living your best life.
0: Girl, don't well, fall off a cliff. Well, speaking
2: of living your, your best was, life, wait, was something I, mean, I was going to say
3: about what Colby said. <laughs> about, oh, oh, I was going to say as far as what Colby said about, like, like the fact that we're kind of, um, that there are, are a lot of people um, doing ministry and expecting oh, yeah. to be financially supported for their ministry, which I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing every time, you know. But um, basically, that, I, and, and, and also, like, the idea that, uh, I guess, basically, that when I was in high school and college, the youth ministry that I was exposed to was largely, um, I feel like the, the overarching message was, to an extent, kind of the message of girl, wash your face, to mm-hmm. an extent. Not quite. Not quite. That's a little much, but, like, kind of like give the kind of um devote yourself to God and he'll give you the desires of your heart kind of right, thing. You know, right. like that um that,
0: that seems true.
3: Yeah. But I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like anything in our youth ministry prepared us for life. For crosses and for drudgery. <laughs> of, oh yeah. You I mean. know, like kinda of we were talking about in the last podcast, like like working by the spread of sweat of our brow, like to support our families and to take care of them. You mm-hmm. know, like that wasn't covered. No very much and and i feel like it kind of left us sort of unprepared like kind of like high school not preparing you for doing your taxes you know like (laughs) where where
0: do i sign the check
3: (laughs) right (laughs) you know i don't know that's something i've thought about before is that that it's just it was all a lot of self-worth and and our worth in god and it's not like that message isn't is is not true it's true but like that isn't Necessarily, what we really need to that point. <laughs>
0: oh, oh,
1: no, good. You, you guys go. Um, so I was
0: listening, I was listening to whether it be a mistake or not, but I listen to NPR a good bit. Um,
3: all right, well, we're just gonna have to stop <laughs> this, right? <laughs> clap, <laughs> clap, <laughs>
0: safe word. Um, so they were interviewing, there's this lady, uh, Linda K Klein. And she's a a former evangelical Protestant. She grew up in um, the evangelical church, and now she's she's like leading the movement against the purity movement. Whoa! Okay. Um, which yeah <laughs> is exactly as it sounds. But um, uh, apparently I I think well Cody used to sell purity wear, so you probably have some good insight in this. But it seems like you did um, I did. Well I didn't say it was a bad thing. Um, I know
3: just this is a night of revelation. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. the
1: t-shirts and the rings and
3: you were wheeling and dealing. With I used to
2: work. Wear?
0: Speaking of making I used to money work.
2: what
3: okay. <laughs> right I
2: used to work with Purity wear like T-E-E, mm-hmm. uh, They're a uh, Christian clothing organization. That also sold the purity rings and stuff, and I met and would her they do at the Abbey purity... Youth Fest, and I would help out at Abbey Youth Fest, and kinda, would they do uh, the purity sell cards? It on the side, a little bit. I don't know
0: if they did the cards. Because what, what, what I was have... getting, what I was getting at, is it seems like there's a Protestant take on the purity movement and a Catholic take on the purity movement. So, um, what Klein, this lady Linda K. Klein, accuses. Um, the evangelical purity movement, uh, she says, and I quote, um, it was all about how a woman needed to be a good Christian by protecting them, uh, meaning men, from the threat that is you, the threat that is your body, the threat that is your sexuality. Uh,
3: I think there's some truth, that, that in some cases there's some truth to that. Do y'all not think so? Like, like that there, there is well, sort I of. Think,
0: a, yeah, I mean, it's well, just it's told from a positive, not a negative perspective.
1: Yeah. Right.
3: Right.
0: Her, um, her, mem- her she has a new memoir. It's pure, inside the evangelical movement that shamed a generation of young women, and how I broke free. Now, granted, shame. You know, if we're speaking in terms of the Garden of Eden, shame is a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least what? the time before you know we um you know bef- pre-lapsarian right. that shame entered the world
1: well i think well there's two different aspects of shame one is the the mechanism of protecting yourself and then two is the imposition of someone else's um misjudgment of you uh so as a former protestant Right? <laughs> right right uh we never had any in-depth conversations regarding chastity or purity or anything really um, oh no like occasionally it was touched in youth group but it was like a, a topic that just kind of floated is, um, is that
0: because you converted like at that time in, when you were a protestant in youth group you were younger
1: no i went to a protestant church until i was almost 17 years old oh okay um wow. so yeah we stopped going to the baptist church that we were going to when i was about 17 um and then still we went periodically uh, however it was around that time when i started hanging out with the catholic youth group that invited me to go you know go to the conference with them but um no i would i would make a projection that enlarge the protestant community the the conversation it's gotten much better as you can see like either from this lady's book or you know like there's different movements out there yeah sure, um, sure. i mean yeah. at the time the most popular book was i Kiss dating goodbye by joshua harris right oh um, yeah, yeah that was like the pinnacle of christian protestant chastity conversation when i was in youth group that's true yeah um Now, there are other resources, but that was like, that was the book that people kind of pointed at. Yeah. And there are very good things about that book. Um, However, like the specific conversations of what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? It's lacking big time. And actually, that's one of the biggest points of my conversion is the chastity conversation. Um, I was 17 years old and one of my aunts had went to, you know, Theology of the Body class with Christopher West and she brought back you know a handful of CD sets and whatnot and it was my prurient interest yes that led me to listen to those CDs like literally it was my my twisted sense of my sexual desires that like wow here's a here's a, a you know a conversation about sexuality that I've never had with my parents I've never had with my friends. I want to learn. I'm going to go find it where I can get it. Like the anyway.
0: basically the reverse of that happened for like most kids growing up in the 60s and 70s, like the Wonder Years mm-hmm. kids. You know, there's the episode where Kevin Arnold and uh, his friend steal a copy of Our Bodies, Ourselves or something mm-hmm. uh, from the bookstore, and that you know that they learned. I think a lot of kids from the previous generations learned in just terrible ways about sexuality.
1: Right. I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but there was a there was a Protestant guy on YouTube. He had, you know, he's got his own ministry and he got a lot of popularity because he started having like Q&A sessions on sexual topics. Um and so, you know, the conversation is being had more today than it was in the past. Um uh, which is a good thing. However, again you know without the the real anthropology behind it or the real theology right. behind it it's it's reaching it's still it's not quite touching the price you know
0: so is right. it is the Protestant equivalent of theology of body just you know we're going to take certain scriptures not necessarily that robust teaching from the Garnavine that we get from you know through JP2 and the Catholic tradition but it's just like uh, you know, quoting the the sins, um, and there's no philosophy added to it.
1: Well, that's I would say actually that's one of the biggest kickers between Protestant and Catholic perspectives on these things. Is and I'm granted I'm making a very blanket and general statement. There are no substantial Protestant philosophers or theologians that have written, you know, and have like recognized works that are long standing. Right? So you have different ones. I mean, you have Calvin, you have like, you know, you have different people that have different writings. But when it comes to actual like reputable like academic perspectives on these things, how many can you quote?
0: Yeah, there's like, you know, Barth. And that's that's about it.
1: Right. <laughs> so yeah, so when it comes to like modern you know, anthropological questions, they're not there. Um, That's why.
3: Does a lot of that have to do with, like, within Protestantism, the fact that anthropology is basically like, yeah, we suck. You know, humanity.
1: Well, yeah, no, (laughs) sure. We're the worst. No, yeah. And it ties to that, too, because when, you know, conversations about science, conversations about, um, you know, all those topics, I mean, if you only lean on So Scripture or things that you can explicitly read in Scripture, Mm -hmm. those questions aren't answered there. You know, at least to the degree that people want them to be.
0: And that is what Karl Barth said. He said that the incarnation was like a rose falling into a bomb crater. So obviously that doesn't drive too well with the Immaculate Conception, first off. But just the intrinsic goodness of the human person, anthropologically, Because he's made in the image, he and she are made in the image and likeness of God.
1: Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and actually, I mean, there is some—I don't say remorse, but like it is difficult to say, you know, to say those statements in black and white, like as they come out of my mouth, because I still have family that are Protestant, and so it is difficult to like make statements that are, um, you know, discrediting, dismeriting, or you know, placing ignorance on someone's spirituality. Um, However, you know, like, you know, growing up, we always had, you know, the pastor would, you know, would preach these sermons speaking very negatively against the Catholic church and never once did we ever actually, you know, like either read the catechism or like pull excerpts from different readings of the saints or anything like that. And so like once we started studying history for ourselves, it was like a totally different conversation, um, and it was like the the light switch was just kind of flipped on because like all these major life questions that either a I did have or b I didn't know that I had until someone presented it to me, life started to make sense. Um, and so I like, I mean the you know like I said the big questions what does it mean to be a man what does it mean to be a woman what is man period right. Those are big questions. Yeah. And unless you can like have a substantial conversation around it or someone that can give you, you know, some general direction as to how to, you know, how to navigate that, it's it's not easy. I remember actually one of the biggest pivotal moments, I think, for my mom was the pastor of the church we were attending, like, um, she asked him, like, well, if the Lord called you, you know, like if if you through revelation, the Lord called you to, you know, to become Catholic, would you do it? And his response was, I do not ever believe that the Lord would call me to do that. And so, no, I would not do that. And so, like, a willing... And I guess it's kind of a you know different conversation where we started from. But, like, a willing ignorance, you know, that's not the aspect of a spiritual leader that you want to follow. Yeah,
2: um, I mean, if the Lord revealed to someone to do something. Like, if the Lord revealed to me to... Like, and, and, like, actually revealed to me, like, not me going crazy, like, uh, to become a Protestant. I mean, like, that this is where the church lies, then, right. yeah, okay, yeah. that's where I need to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, you Devin's gotta
3: advocate, follow that path. He's he's probably thinking of it as, like, like if, if we said, like, well, what if the Lord told you to kill your wife? He's like, well, then I'd have to go check myself into a mental institution, because that's a problem. Right, like, right. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, different question.
3: He's... Yeah, uh, just, just that he's probably thinking like, well, that's not in keeping with what I know of God, so therefore it must not be God.
1: Right, right. Um, but I guess to tie back to our original conversation, you know, regards to chastity or sexuality, is like, I think a lot of Protestant young people today, because of the generation of pastors that they've had, that have either A, not addressed those questions, or B, not addressed those questions well, they're just they're starting to grab at whatever they can and starting to make their own way yeah. without any real direction or any substantial direction. Um, and so, you know, even though they're good intentions, you know, without good direction or any, any good formation, you know, underlying that, that's where we make mistakes. Um, but again, that's I guess that's our duty to step up as Catholics, to offer them the truth. Uh, of what we do have in charitable and generous ways. because um, these are easy conversations. once you get to the, the the real meat of the question, right? Everybody wants to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. It's just how do you get to it? Um, yeah, and so I think you know a lot of, again on young Protestant people like you know these very audacious ways that people are trying to either get attention or, or try to get their message out is because really to get that attention you have to be kind of bold you know like if you know your parents weren't bringing up those questions for you or showing you you know then you just got to make it and do it for yourself
3: and you know actually it seems like one of the biggest just from what you just said about your parents one of the biggest draws to chastity i feel like would be Like, for young people, would be look at, hypothetically, would be look at your family. Look how wonderful it is. Do you want something like that one day? Like, like this is part of how you prepare for that. But how many kids that are being talked to can look to their families and Mm -hmm. be like, oh, yes, I want that. I want what my parents have. I want what my siblings, I want that to, what me and my siblings have, I want that to be what my children have one day, you know? Um, and that's kind of what Cody and I pray for is that that our kids, we've talked about like the only hope really of our kids following in our footsteps is if they look to us and see joy, you know, yeah. if they if they see something that they that they want for the rest of their lives within their life, you know, and they're like, I guess our parents might be onto something <laughs> with <laughs> with this whole faith thing and whole, oh, you know,
2: we're gonna embarrass them so hard. <laughs> Sorry.
3: <laughs> um, I don't know. You know that that's part of what's lacking in chastity education today is the fact that we're lacking in good family models.
0: Yeah, yeah. Chastity's not chastity
2: education is kind of ridiculous because it's always keep it in your pants. Yeah, it's the
0: negative, not the
2: positive. Like it, it's right. it, it's and it's well even even the Braveheart talk. Like every time you go to a retreat, the guys talk and the girls talk, and the guys talk is always Braveheart or keep it in your pants. Yeah, or both whereas yeah. the
3: girls talk is normally kind of like the girl wash your face thing like like you are worth it and you are yeah powerful you are woman you, here you're a beautiful
1: princess you, warrior you tell them sister
3: yeah
0: <laughs> and
2: then, i mean
3: i really think i'm sorry scott you oh, no. well,
2: and, and i was gonna fi- let me finish that thought real quick is those talks are all good they're they're great but you just hear them too many times it's like it's like you hear the same thing over and over again and it just becomes like well i guess that is the truth we are bad like for guys like we are bad we need to you know just control every one of our desires we and caged. we need to be caged and it, it, yeah. right and you know it's just kind of ridiculous and, and, and there's it, there's no talks about actual masculinity
0: yeah and Going back to that negative versus positive thing, yeah, we know pornography is bad. Yeah, we know premarital sex is bad. But it's not just running away from something, it's running toward something right. else. If, right? right? And you so, can't just grin and bear that, you know, just by sheer force of will, a lot of these very real issues. You've got right. to give somebody something to run to.
1: Right. So, actually, one of the things I always use when I used to do chastity sessions is you have to find motivators right so if you identify motivators with the the work that goes with that it's so much easier to make those decisions um so i even talk about business right and we talk about being an athlete and when you talk about any goal you know you have to put the work in between connected to the goal and so i always ask people you raise you know ask the question how many of you want a happy healthy marriage you know raise your hand most of the time everybody raise their hand. You know, how many of you are, you know, willing to do what it takes to have a happy and healthy marriage, right? Mm-hmm. When you ask it in that way, people are like, oh yeah, sure. You know, so they raise their hand. So then you start asking the hard questions, right? Okay, well, how many of you are willing to not do this? How many of you are willing to do this? Right? You know, the yeses that you gave in those first two questions encompass all of this other arduous task that most people just kind of they shy away from. But If you actually make the connection between the motivation and the prize with the work, the work does not seem so difficult.
0: And look at the philosophical underpinnings there, right? We're speaking teleologically, right? The Mm -hmm. end in mind, the virtue that takes to to achieve that end. When uh, on the reverse side... Um, like what Linda K. Klein is saying, they're telling us, she says, the security movement is telling us to live a sexless life, right? And that, and then they kind of get into identity politics that um, you cannot repress my sexuality, that is my identity, those sorts of things. It's, it's a completely different way of looking at things. <laughs>
1: right. It was um, actually that statement has a bit of truth in it right you can't repress my sexuality because i mean it's part of who i am I mean, that statement has a little bit of truth in it however when you when you confuse you know Identity sex as a, and sexuality right you know sex as a verb right. versus sex as who you know as a noun that's the distinction there
3: right two things um Shoot, now I'm not gonna be able to remember the two things now that I've declared there's two of them. <laughs> Might as well um, say three things. Huh? Well, w- one of them being that I feel like something um, that I've noticed is that um, I don't know if this is across the board with youth ministry, but that with the tremendous focus on like being patient, waiting for your spouse, and like vocational discernment. Um, and and some chastity talks that there can kind of be an undercurrent of like just wait, just wait, sex is coming, it's coming, um, and that it's kind of like someone being on a diet while constantly like hanging out in an ice cream shop or something, you know, like like basically that that we need to be talking, <laughs> we need to be talking to to young people about finding about other things, and not that we're not at all, but like leading fulfilling, full lives that that have joy and have goals other than finding their spouse because i feel like there's a tremendous focus um at least for a lot of like college age ministry of like oh he's out there he's out there just you wait you know and that to an extent that kind of keeps your mind somewhat you know i'm saying like like i don't know i'm not trying to say like just to replace the desire for sex with something else but that if if what we're talking about all the time is chastity and is vocational discernment and is looking for your spouse or waiting for your spouse that it's kind of natural that then it, we're kind of making it hard not to think about those things, yeah. you know.
0: That's true. Um, uh,
3: and secondly, dang it, what was the second Yeah,
0: I've got something while you're thinking of that. Uh, okay, I was go. listening to um, a high school teacher that teaches, uh, teaches Aristotle, right, to his high schoolers, and nice. he basically... Uh, frames the class in terms and it's an all boys school um, teaching the boys about virtue and what Aristotle has to say about virtue uh, which is not something you typically learn in school or uh, you know like the Alistair MacIntyre uh, that the philosopher Alistair McIntyre wrote the book After Virtue like we're living in a, a society that those are not, that's not the vocabulary, that's not the, the framework that we're right. used to anymore. It's just scary. That's true.
3: Um, also, the, so the second thing um, was that, uh, basically, that along with what Colby was saying about, like, kind of talking to kids about, like, the goal, you know, of having a family and um, having a relationship maybe like your parents or like other marriages that you see. Uh, which I think part of what's difficult for a lot of people is that kind of that thing of that we're not very good at being good to our future selves, you know, that mm-hmm. a lot of times we you know, we, we, we're not eating the way that our future selves would have us eat or you know, exercising the way our future selves would like us to or saving money, you know. Um, but that to me part of the argument for chastity, which which is maybe a little difficult to convey to, like, high school students, but I think it's it's possible, is that we're called to love everyone on Earth, like, to convey Christ's love to everybody. And once you've crossed certain lines with people, the best way to love them a lot of times is to avoid them. After mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like once you've broken up. Yeah. Um, and that particularly, like, kind of what made that concrete to me, personally, was the fact that what a lot of people might not know that are listening to this podcast, is that uh, Cody here used to date Scott's <laughs> wife. Um, to what? And, <laughs> and, that and obviously
2: is, this is before any of us were married. That is <laughs> This was <scandalous>. last week. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, yeah, before. Our before, downloads uh, just
0: went through the roof.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Drama
1: on the Catholic Church Podcast.
3: <laughs> um.
1: Please yes. let that be the
3: time. Many <laughs> many, llama, llama, many, moons ago, <laughs> many moons ago. Many um, moons ago. But that they I, to me uh, is Ashton there right now? No, is I think she, she's. Uh, she, she wandered off.
0: She's now in a semi-unconscious s- state. Excellent.
3: <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> Would that we all. Uh. But um. But basically, that I I felt for some time, because because Cody and I so enjoy the friendship of Scott and Ashton and we like to think that they enjoy ours sometimes definitely Maybe. Um,
0: <laughs> all the time and
3: uh all the time and um basically that i feel like cody and ashton basically gave us a gift through their chastity that that they made it possible for us to now be friends in a way that i don't think would have been possible otherwise if that makes sense like with with any amount of more physicality it wouldn't have been possible to maintain a friendship certainly with like our spouses and and everything it would have been awkward. And so basically the chastity makes possible the ability to go on having relationships with people after the romantic relationship has ended and to go on having um to be able to love them like very actively as Christ loves them. You know, in I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that that that's such
0: sense. a such a cool perspective. I and I mean ultimately um <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely more about Ashton than it was about me because uh, I came from a background uh, in college where I didn't have very good uh, boundaries. Um, I, I was not very chaste. And then um, coming to date slash court Ashton was a revelation <laughs> because uh, <laughs> because she had made a promise when she was a girl, a young girl, uh i don't i don't know cody might know but that she would not even kiss a man until the altar <laughs> so yeah ashton and and my our first kiss was after the priest had said you may now kiss the bride uh, i'm not sure if he actually yeah. said that but you know after that moment you know which um that was it was just such a great way to start a relationship not to right. mention our friendships
3: Right, which I I wasn't going to be as specific, but now that you've been, I can be, you know, that like, I feel like that in particular is part of what makes it so possible for us to be friends is the fact that like, not that, not that if Cody and Ashton had kissed, it would be impossible for us to be friends, but like they had such a high standard for their chastity (laughs) that, you know, that now now it's possible for us to hang out and be cool.
2: So let's, let's just, uh, Cody's like, never mind, it's not cool. (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) no. because I, I have to give credit where credit is due because Ashton called me to that standard, right? Like, I was coming from a background of, well, let's just say none of that existed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like... There were people being, we're not friends with. Being Being a baby Catholic at the time, it was good to have somebody that called me to that level of chastity at that time, allowing me to better know who i was as a catholic man so given the credit where the credit is due so that people listening don't think that i'm just this amazing guy that is like perfect for every woman so it's a shame that
3: she's not listening oh she will be (laughs) she'll she'll hear it she'll hear later (laughs) we're all like ashton's amazing it's changed all our lives
0: well it's this is such a contrast between ashton and linda k linda k klein (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because Ashton
3: is the anti Lindy, or Linda K. Klein is the anti Ashton. The
0: the anti Klein. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's, you know, (laughs) Klein's like resentful that um, she and women in general should be made to bear the burden of purity. Right. And that's the negative way of thinking about it. But Ashton and her saintliness brought not just me but cody or not just cody but me to a whole new standard and level of purity because yeah. of the force and power of womanhood
3: <laughs> right
2: not be.
0: not because you have to repress womanhood
3: right uh, when I said before that I thought there was some truth to it, I hope I didn't seem like I was saying. Oh it. no!
0: Every heresy has, you know, an element <laughs> of truth. <laughs> yeah.
3: It just—I think some women are made to feel like they're the. I know there. I know of one case where, like, a man kept making inappropriate jokes in front of women, and not like I say inappropriate jokes, like mildly inappropriate jokes and the women were like politely chuckling and they were asked to like leave the social situation because they were making it awkward oh, by yeah. laughing at his jokes oh. you know what i mean like like that kind of thing where like women are held to maybe you know which isn't to say that hey if they hadn't laughed that might have been like a great you know what i'm saying like sure it might have been holier if they hadn't laughed but they also probably shouldn't have been made to feel like the problem yeah. either mm-hmm. you know
0: definitely yeah yeah i'm glad we're I'm over here with my
3: feminists <laughs> My feminist banner over here, advocating for the rights of women everywhere. To laugh at inappropriate jokes.
0: Well, and that was a joke. Oh, see, you got to tell us these things. You
3: should. I know, right?
0: (laughs) So another, um, another uh, figure in. I'm not going to say the feminist sphere, but um we were talking the about. The feminist sphere. <laughs> in the
1: That's a great word. The the femisphere. The femisphere. The,
3: the
2: femisphere. The f- feminist sphere. The <laughs> Just drop a sphere. afraid
3: of it? it no? it's That's a, sp- a joke. Like the feminist oh. sphere. <laughs> <laughs> like Michael
0: Crichton's <laughs> the sphere. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, is that that's I'm dating myself. Yeah, yeah you, 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 you lost, missed us. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you shot and it just went <laughs> Well, anyway, we it's were talking totally about our <laughs> Yeah. Please go read every Michael Crichton book ever. Um, okay. but we were talking about Marie <laughs> Kondo. Oh, wait, I know that name. Sorry oh, God. He wrote Jurassic Park I mean clap, come on That's why I know the name That's
2: why I know the name I read Jurassic Park
0: And he's written a lot of books since That well maybe you shouldn't read But He had a really good start and, You know he actually wrote The screenplay for Westworld The original Westworld Like with Yul cool. Brynner As uh, As uh, The cowboy all in black And four feet tall Or half a tall He but anyway, we, we were um, <laughs> we were gonna mention Marie Kondo. Um, my uh, Ashton and I have been we watched a couple uh, episodes. It's uh, Marie Kondo: The Art of Tidying Up. I think if somebody can correct me, that'd be awesome. Um, but she has a new show on Netflix, and she basically takes families families of every stripe some family dynamics that really we didn't feel like watching um but she takes wonder what that could be yeah you know gotta do gotta check every box when we talk about the
2: old people
0: yeah (laughs) like myself oh so she took families that were more or less in crisis because their stuff was suffocating them in their homes you know not not talking about hoarders but just like the ratcheting up of stress in a home because of untidiness, and um, Marie Kondo has a way uh, of like telling. Uh, she gets everybody, each family member, to take all their clothes and put on their bed, you know, so they can see like the sheer tonnage of clothes that you've accumulated and that you just don't need. And she, you know, when she goes into a house, she kind of has uh, like a a, a meditation and I don't know if she's Buddhist or Shinto and I, don't, I can't really say I, I know if there's a clear line between the two but um she also when going through things that we want to get rid of um sh- you hold the clothes or hold the object and you ask yourself does this object spark joy uh, in, in you and i think there's a, a lot of meat here um on the catholic bone to um talk about you know objects um are we anthropomorphizing are we personifying objects you know uh, which is like the flip side of theology of body um uh, what uh you know the the shinto aspects of this um basically she's Uh, My understanding of Shintoism is that there's like a spirit for everything. There's the house spirits. Kind of like in in Roman mythology, you had Hestia and Vestia, the goddess of the hearth. You know, Roman mythology was much more, there's a little demigod for every little thing in um, the household. So it's you see aspects of that creeping in, which... If it were a Christian going into a house and asking for God's blessing on that house, can you imagine <laughs> the fury that would be unleashed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just, um, do you all have any thoughts on that?
3: I, I have such mixed feelings. <laughs> because I, I do think like decluttering is so important and oh, I'm yeah? so bad at it.
2: My mixed feelings are I don't watch H G T V so uh, <laughs> This
1: is Netflix.
3: <laughs> it's not on H G T V Netflix. Netflix. Which enough. we don't watch Netflix.
0: <laughs> we don't watch Netflix.
2: Uh-huh. We, we gave of, that up because, because that's a
3: good story. A
0: that's a good story in itself. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, well I mean, that uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go.
1: I'll say a little bit different perspective, but a book I read and have been reading is called Your Money or Your Life by Vicky oh, Robin. Yeah. Oh I thought you that heard? was
0: gonna be a uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad guy. Kies, Kie, Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I mean, people put them together because a lot of people that read his book have also probably read hers, or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but in her book, they do. Um, you evaluate your purchases. You evaluate your stuff. But she uses the the perspective of life energy. Oh boy. <laughs> but it's not. It's not like a spiritualized, like pantheistic kind of thing. It's. It's. You know the effort that you put into your life, uh, your work, right, your job or whatever. um, How much of your life energy do you spend to attain stuff, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: or to maintain it, probably? Or to
1: maintain it, right? So, like, so they put it in perspective of like you figure out what your actual net income is, not what your gross income is. So, like, after your expenses for travel and commuting and your groceries, like your actual savings rate. And then you apply that to your frivolous purchases or your non-discretionary purchases. And how much of your quote unquote life energy do you spend to attain that stuff? Right. And so when you put it in that perspective, they're like, okay, well, this t shirt, right? If you talk about clothes. Well, if I have this much clothes and my, you know, my my actual earnings rate is say two dollars an hour. Because a lot of people, you know, you make twenty, thirty dollars an hour in your job. When you actually deduct your actual living expenses and other stuff, your "quote unquote" savings rate, you might make two, three dollars, right?
0: Oh, that's kind of frightening.
1: Yeah, and that's actually being conservative. A lot of people are in debt because they actually yeah. overspend, right? right? Right. But but she uses the conversation of how much "quote unquote" life energy do you spend attaining stuff, and does that bring you fulfillment or is it draining you? Right. Right. So is that purchase actually worth it to you and does it enrich your life or does it give you a spark of joy or is it a drain or a burden or a negative consequence that you need to get rid of or not do? So it's a little bit different, but it's a
3: similar conversation. Right. It's kind of like, like also like people addicted to food somewhat in that like, like I know a lot of people, myself included, I shouldn't be talking as though this is like <laughs> vague. Other well, to a certain extent, we're like all a-
0: addicted to food. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right.
3: But also, like, by acquiring something new, can kind of give a, a brief rush. Like, oh, yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. here's this neat new thing. Yeah, that triggers but a that dopamine long- pathway. Right, right. But that the long-term consequence is now I need to make room for this. I mm-hmm. need to keep it clean. I need yep. to store it somewhere. You know, and and that oftentimes we're not prepared to keep in mind the long kind of that thing of being kind to our future self. You know, <laughs> like yep. that we're not prepared to to expend the energy. Needed for for whatever the
2: thing is. Yeah. Future self, you don't need that
1: boat. <laughs> shameless plug, shameless plug for our last episode where we talked about abortion and the instant gratification of our carnal pleasures, and people don't consider the future and the consequence and the, the things that come from that, right?
3: I and so they destroy half of humanity, yeah. right? Because <laughs> it's the easy way to do
0: it. <laughs> just it just wait for a flood to take. All your possessions away and start over again yeah i i think that there is a good there just as we had the benedict option and then the mary option and then the beer option i think that there could be i feel like we're just waiting for the catholic art of tidying up you know you have a franciscan or a trappist monk you know write about <laughs> how he keeps his cell neat <laughs> Oh, but and like <laughs> by not owning anything. <laughs> well, it's funny. We
1: say that. You say that and you joke about it, but the minimalist movement is a big thing now. D-
0: we yeah, and so We were, we were doing are a that before of, it was cool.
1: Right. I mean, but there are a lot of secularists who are trying to discover themselves, who are studying monks, who are studying, you know, these different religious sects, you know, to figure out, you know, what is it about them that ticks, right? That makes them happy. Like, why are they happy with nothing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What yeah. is it about that? Yeah. So, so even that, within the I feel like, the secular community, ahead. people are talking about it.
3: I feel like I know a lot of of uh, stay-at-home moms that I've I've become closer to in the last like year or so. Um, that would that could be that Catholic Marie condo, you know, like that that are doing it right, like that know how to, and and aren't just doing it for themselves too. You know, like they're not just they're doing it for for their whole family, like knowing how to sort of keep everyone happy and within like living in a space that's healthy and happy and and not drowning in stuff and you know and
0: it's hard and teaching how to order these things to the corporal works of mercy like we're not just right. trashing our goods uh, maybe we don't acquire things in the first place that we can live simply so that others may simply live but on the other side you know if we do have excess things um you know, teaching the kids to pick out toys for St. Vincent de Paul. Um, yeah, ordering all those things to the good of others.
3: Yeah. I I told a friend, because, okay, so, <laughs> disclaimer. We were actually going through the kids' toys yesterday, trying to figure out. <laughs> like We're like, okay, something's got to go. And our, the way our, our lives have worked out is that we have a birthday, a child's birthday in December. Christmas then comes in December as it does for for many others. And uh, and then our next child's birthday is in February. So we've got this one time a year where we're inundated with stuff oh, yeah. and toys and stuff, which is is lovely. Thank you people for for giving <laughs> our swimming children.
0: Swimming through like a sieve uh, toys.
3: <laughs> right, right. And so I was texting a friend um, who has seven kids and asking her like how do you do it? And and she was giving me some tips. Um, and I was like, I just feel like if I take any toys away from my kids that I'm potentially robbing them of this chance to make some like great, like realization with this toy or to play with it in a new way or something. And she told me, she texted me, she said, no, you're giving them so much more. You're giving them the gift of order and beauty and gratitude and responsibility and creativity by like, teaching them how to like make do with less and how to you know and i just thought that was kind of beautiful uh, maybe it's just my oh, it's absolutely my mom now yeah yeah <laughs> you know like, just that we're, we're we're teaching our kids to be holy like even by taking toys away from them or, th- or giving their toys away
0: and i was struck when marie kondo um in one of the episodes she was showing how she organized her child's toys and she had like five toys <laughs> around her Oh, good. and i was like well, okay, that's how you organize those five. But what about the other five hundred? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was it. Her child had whittled, they had whittled it down to five toys, and I wow. was like,
3: "What were the five toys?" It was
0: like a doll. I guess I can
3: text you about this later. Yeah. I'm just curious. I don't.
0: <laughs> I don't even. I, I mean, they're just you know basic toys. You know, like an Amish child would have. <laughs> Well, right. I play with more of their toys than five. I still have, have like more of my toys from my childhood. Like I've got my right. whole Ninja Turtles set. You know, like I'm not getting rid of that because <laughs> that, yeah, that see, sparks joy.
3: <laughs> I never particularly liked. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on some wrath. Yep, from she's you about guys to ha- and get, the viewership.
2: Yeah, nerds never, are gonna hate her all the time.
3: I never could really get into the Brave Little Toaster <laughs> or Toy Story. Because I felt like they, like, already I found it hard as a kid to, like, let go of things. I, I, I was easily attached to physical things, sen- very sentimental. And it's like, well, great. Now they're also personified and have personalities <laughs> yeah. right, and right. and are hurt. And are hurt and so if I throw them away. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're so- like, I was just always like, why? I like Don't get me wrong. I know they're very entertaining. But to me, I was always like, why are we sending the message to our kids that these toys have feelings yeah if we
0: get rid of our toys you they'll know. go to that creepy neighbor kid who's gonna make them into little toy monsters who's yeah.
3: gonna torture them and put yeah. dynamite on them <laughs> yeah, yeah. I which mean, that's the other thing I
1: was that
2: I'm kid sorry. actually
0: okay
3: <laughs> oh were you um, no I, don't, I
2: was not sick, Mary but. hates that
0: kid
3: <laughs> in Disney movies in Disney movies all the time and I, I love I love a lot of Disney movies I
0: hear a future podcast time, coming up
3: right <laughs> <laughs> they personify things all the time animals and objects right and then horribly mutilate them oh, or like man. dismember them or kill them and to me i'm just sitting there like i thought that this was just put on par with like like for the sake of viewing for the sake of this movie experience we were thinking of these things like people and you just violently killed them in front of us like i'm i'm traumatized like, <laughs> is, is anybody you know like like i just feel like for kids it's like you know like we're like oh it's just a little plastic soldier oh wait but like for the kid it was a person <laughs> you know yeah. i don't know so we don't think about how traumatizing it is.
0: but yeah obfuscate confuse the line between object and person that seems mm-hmm. like yeah. a perfect way to ruin a child <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> basically in short Mm-hmm i'm still suffering the consequences yeah. 20 years
2: well later. we're only i honestly thought mary's about to say she doesn't like teenage ninja turtles oh, well that i mean that's her and scott we're gonna go topic. back and forth. i mean
0: everybody <laughs> likes that so i mean we don't even have to no, I th- uh,
1: th- word. i've got one on my shelf right now <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> i i th-
0: i thought i was um what mary was saying i was thinking well we we're both only kids so our toys were our friends because we had no one else, right? <laughs> but well, you probably also, did have friends. It was probably me that did. <laughs>
3: Well, <laughs> it's not that I didn't have friends, but like at home, like, like, in other words, you're playing more with toys during the time you have at home than you are with your siblings, you know? Yeah. And also as an, as an only child, you're with, how do I put this? With, with a family let's say you have a toy that's for like kids that are three years old that's not one kid's toy as the kids get older that right. becomes yeah. the next kid's toy the next yeah. kid's toy. but as an only child it's like that is your yeah. museum what, what, of your why are you touching my
0: toy <laughs> <No>. <laughs> who said right. you can touch it right it's meant in the box like, <laughs>
3: your your mother is like oh no we can't get rid of that because that's those toys that mary played with for two seconds when she was two, you <laughs> yeah. know kind of thing mm-hmm.
2: Yep, Scott. Were you that kid that collected everything and never opened it?
0: Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> not much has changed. Really. I used to pick yeah, on. Not, it, not much has changed. I still. You used to <laughs> <pick> on... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hasn't. <laughs> no, I still have my uh Admiral Akbar mint on card. <laughs> Love it. Oh Love my that. gosh. Love Admiral Akbar. <laughs>
3: Could you, like, is that, like, worth money?
0: Yeah, you know, Probably. but not a huge amount. Would
3: you ever sell it?
0: Yeah, I could sell it. Well, maybe not Admiral Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: what I was figuring.
3: I could, Scott, like, oh, could no. it's a trap.
0: It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> I could definitely sell my Luke Hoth uh, in Hoth Fatigues.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> now, clearly. <laughs> Maybe all my <laughs> duplicates of my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Maybe I could sell them. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I'm mostly kidding.
1: Mostly kidding. I <laughs> know oh, it's like Pokemon, right? What uh, a lame thing.
3: Speak not to Cody of Pokemon
1: cards. <laughs> I know, I know, but like I did the same. I made the same mistake. So like I had the full binder. I had every original card except for a Charizard.
2: Which I had.
1: I mean, literally every single original card except that one. And I had it in a binder. And the binder sat in my closet for years. And eventually I got tired of it. And in my decluttering state, right? I put it on my bed. And I said goodbye to my binder Pokemon cards. As it went on eBay. It went on eBay for $14. Oh,
2: bad move Sparky.
1: The entire thing, $14. Dude. And then Pokemon Go comes out. Oh. And that same binder I saw sell on eBay for close to $5,000. Good god. Oh
0: my god. Okay, this mm. is not helping me get rid of things.
3: <laughs> you just Yeah,
2: I lost mine a lot earlier on. Someone stole mine. Oh. That's why I
3: was saying speak not to. Yeah,
2: right? I had I had the original Charizard holographic. Dang. I had Zapdos, Blastoise, mm-hmm. Venusaur. I had all like the rare ones, it, it was. had it was, original holographic
1: Mewtwo.
0: Man, I see, I, don't if I had,
2: that. Anyway, I had, I had like a thousand cards basically, and someone stole them all, and I'm assuming they sold them for drugs.
0: Dang. Well, at least it yeah. went to a good purpose. Oh, yeah, great cause. See, this is, and this isn't fair because I mean, well, the, in the worst way, it's not fair <laughs> from my perspective because when I was a kid baseball cards turned to crap right because this was the early 90s right the era of mass producing baseball cards comics were mass produced there's a new number one there's like 40 new number ones at all times so comics from that period are worthless the other cards we had were the marvel like the x-men trading cards which are completely worthless and, uh-huh. I mean, even, like, our Cabbage Patch, or, or like, uh, w- the Garbage Pail Kids. We had cards, you know, it's like the the evil Cabbage Patch Kids had a counterpart called the Garbage Pail Kids, and they are like, nasty. Even those things, like, the all the collecting cards from our period, because that was, like, the collecting time, are worthless.
3: <laughs> the opposite, the anti-Marie Condon. <laughs> yes. The time of huh. accumulating as much as possible.
0: Or do you all remember Pong? Um. Yes. Like, those little circular things that were supposed to be, yes. like, the... People were going to be collecting those for hundreds of years, or at least... Mm-hmm. Beanie Babies. Yeah, Beanie Oh, my God, there's so much terrible consumer collectibles in those. The
2: things. only thing that's really survived the test of time is Pokemon.
0: <sighs>
3: <sighs> Which, I want us to go back and, <laughs> and put this with Cody's account of his cards being stolen. I want us to lay this over <laughs> while he's talking this isn't about... the Shirley
0: Q liquor version is
3: it <laughs> I don't know what it's that is it's probably best that's <laughs> that you
0: don't know what that is
3: this <laughs> okay, is Shirley Q liquor
0: yeah. oh god I was
3: trying to pull that up while he was talking about it but I wasn't fast <laughs> enough <laughs> just felt it was appropriate wow oh, sorry I do feel your pain
2: she loves me so much I don't you can't you tell there's clearly room for two people on that door but regardless <laughs> clearly so but I guess- she would have kept me off the door that's how much she loves
3: me oh oh ouch <laughs> well,
0: hold, i'll hold your oh, hand yes. forever jack
1: oh wait
3: not. Oh so wait,
1: long. you're frozen i'll let it go jack, <laughs> jack, jack, jack.
0: <laughs> yeah frozen being a whole nother movie <laughs> and maybe a topic uh, so we'll- for next
2: time well jack ended up in another movie too so lots do? of movies have you seen jack
1: returns the the youtube trailer no 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 yeah go to youtube (laughs) type in jack returns
3: (laughs) that's our word of advice for the week go to
0: youtube (laughs) oh we've been also the (laughs) millennial missionaries i thought you were going to say reference howard hughes like when leo leonardo went to you know portrayed howard hughes and you
3: know, the aviator? Yeah,
0: peeing in a jar.
2: I made
3: I it thought, about two-thirds of the way through that I movie, and he, then I had to stop. I was like, it, I can't deal. When
2: he died in Titanic, didn't he wash up on the beach in uh, Inception? Yes. No, I think that's oh. what he... I think he
0: washed up into a bear's mouth or something in that other movie. <laughs>
1: the Revenant?
0: Yeah, that one.
2: <laughs> but no, like, yeah, Jack Jack is the guy from Inception.
1: So, yeah. Wait. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like captain america don't, you know he was frozen he was frozen at yeah, the bottom exactly. of the ocean and mm-hmm. he came back
0: and bucky
3: there was a at, back in in 1997 when it came out there was an article like a i don't know not quite a satire but an article like titanic 2 you know and um jack like surfaces and rose is like but i thought i thought you died and he's like well my protective layer of hair gel saved me that just stands out my brill
0: cream yeah saved me
1: well the uh no the description on youtube so the actual title is titanic 2 jack's back but the uh (laughs) the description says the description says i thought the old lady dropped it in the ocean in the end well baby i went down and got it for you Yikes.
0: (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> so I love a good fan theory and maybe this is uh we'll have maybe their our next podcast uh could be all about fan theories, but um our favorite fan theory. Yeah. Like uh well we've mentioned frozen so like you know the the ship the ship that went down with the parents of the girls and frozen became the ship Mm -hmm. that ariel and little mermaid uh the little mermaid yeah got her and it's
2: because her parents were on the way to the wedding for rapunzel and Flynn,
0: right and where she got where she kept her thingamabobber or whatever like that
3: (laughs) there's a theory that they're also tarzan's parents which i say is completely like ridiculous because yeah. like they they yeah it's wrong bunk. wrong clothes wrong like did not have a baby with them. <laughs> like none of it worked none yeah. of it works but
0: so i have another site called nerdatron.com <laughs> i don't know if i've shared this with you all i've,
1: I've heard of that one yes you have oh,
0: okay well good. Oh, uh, but yeah, I have Oh, a, this is
3: your site. Yeah, yeah, I have a... Not just one you frequent.
0: Yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> 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 but I have a, a best fan theories post. And yeah, so we got... Uh, is Dumbledore Death, you know, the Deathly Hallows, and, um, you know, the Pevensey... Not Pevensey, that's Narnia. The Peverell Brothers being the different... Um, those brothers being Snape, Harry, and um, Dumbledore, or Voldemort, yes, and then yeah. and then Dumbledore's death. Yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, there's some, and then you know Gandalf saying "Fly, you fools!" being a reference to "Hey, why don't you just use go straight to the Eagles now? Go to Morton. Mm-hmm. right, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Well, that's like how it should
3: have ended.
0: Yeah, eh, you know, yeah. and and it ended, <laughs> but no.
3: That's the most. That's one of the most intense fan theories I've ever read. Is the whole Flighty e. Fools thing.
0: It is. It is intense. Thanks for nerding out with us, the Catholic nerds. We hope. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that again. We hope we have <laughs> increased your nerdiness uh, a bit. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your Catholic nerd friends.
1: This is the peace.